mean I should say she just sent the guy So tonight there's a party at this girl's house I think we're cool because with stamps I always help her out She is fine but her friends are kinda this and thatness But with me I better help her find her inner catness So I dance with my manager Vance Asking if I could just get a friendly payment in advance He blows me off so I scoff Throw my smock, check the clock, take it off Check my wad, feeling soft All I got is 5.45 and it's 5.45 Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lame Thrower. My name is Jason McMaster. I am a fantastic person and that's my current job. Uh, <laughs> I am joined I'm joined tonight by uh, Matt Chandronet. An equally fantastic person, I must say. Hell yeah. And Stucky, Jacob. I am I a... I'm an okay person. I think uh, you're all right. Yeah. You're oh, the most okay, fantastic cool, cool, cool. of the three of us. Most Jacob. fantastic. I don't know if you're I can handle that. <laughs> you're the sparkly vampire. Yeah, you are. Of all of us, you're the sparkly vampire, buddy. Just I mean, if I, can, if I can be a vampire and go out in the sun, I mean, that sounds like a good deal. Just oh, write yeah. that down in your dream journal. <laughs> I like to call it a, uh, you know, an epic journal. You know, because all my dreams oh, are epic. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> it's just well, easier nice. that way. It's less less letters to spell. <laughs> so long dream. The word dream's so long. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can you can get that down at least one letter. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, this is our podcast for the really spooky Friday the thirteenth uh, towards the beginning of January. So we're going to talk about a couple of really spooky games. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, first off, I uh, figure we can jump in and talk about Tarkov. It's about time. Tarkov is pretty Tarkov. spooky. I mean, that, that game was, stresses me the fuck out, and I've never even played it. Yeah, it's nerve-wracking. So. It, is, yeah. Uh, yeah. it is a nightmare game, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I play, I've played for several years. I just haven't played consecutively. For several years, uh, I'll Wait, take so it's like been out a, that long. How long has it been out? Good while now. Jeez, um, I think I, six or seven years. Yeah, I want to say that I got it uh, in jeez, two thousand nineteen, something like that. Oh, all along I thought this was you know something that came out in like I don't know during the pandemic or something. I had no idea. Oh no, it's been around forever, and it just it took off really big closed beta was released in july of 2017 right okay um was it in ea for a long time or what did it always just oh it still is oh it still is still in it's still in beta okay (laughs) it's uh it started out as a as a small endeavor with a small team and then like people latched onto it like crazy and now it's just like they're they're adding as much as they want to because they mm-hmm. have the money, but it just yeah. it's just taking a super long time. Yeah. So the uh, I guess for people who have never played Tarkov or watched you guys play it in our Discord channel, what is it? Yeah, I'm gonna let Stocky go ahead and take this one. He's the pro here, really. <laughs> pro. Um, <laughs> it's called so like people call it an extraction shooter where you the goal is to um is to go into an area like a map get stuff and then leave and like extract at certain places um 
It has mm-hmm. R- like RPG elements to it because you're you're you have skills in the game and they they increase the more you do things and that carries over uh raid to raid. Um and then uh so like the goal is to just kind of do quests for different things and level up your guy and uh and yeah, I don't know, like get loot and make money and stuff. There's really no end game at this point. There's just kind of like you do all the quests and then there are no more quests to do. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't what know. Is that, so who are you doing these quests for? Are there actual NPCs? They're- yes. Uh, the way the game is set up is interesting. It's kind of uh, in pieces. Um, hmm. There's an overall meta portion of the game where you manage like your inventory and your hideout. Uh, you decide what kind of gear you're going to use and all that. You can craft stuff and things like that. But it is separate from the actual shooter part. Um, so each of the gotcha. traders, and there's a number of them, uh, not each, but all but one of the traders, can give you, will give you quests, uh, depending on stuff you've done in the game. Uh, and that's about as close as it gets to an NPC, though I do think there is an actual NPC you can interact with now at Lighthouse. Okay. Um, yeah, that that was added this wipe. Um he you can meet him, you can talk to him. Um he's supposed to give you quests, but that has not been implemented yet. Okay. So again, beta. Forever. Eternal yeah, beta. Yeah. Yeah, the, they yeah. they've mentioned that they wanted to make each um you know, each person who gives you quests like an actual NPC in in the game that you can speak to. But like as of right now, you just kind of like, you know, click on their their profile picture and and like go to their tasks and their list of them. And you just accept them and they have they just have, uh, you know, text that you read and it gives you a description of what to do or, you know, how to even like kind of not even exactly what to do, but how to start to do it. Um, mm-hmm. The game is very, uh, I don't know, withholding, I guess <laughs> it doesn't want to uh, it doesn't want to yeah. give you a lot of information ever. No. Um thing about Tarkov that's interesting is the easiest way to describe it to people is that it's kind of like what if Stalker was an MMO. Oh uh, sure. And yeah, that fits. and sto- Yeah, I mean the only difference being that it's not well, I say that, but there is supernatural weird stuff in it, but it's not as overtly supernatural and crazy as Stalker mm-hmm. and it doesn't have as like not yet, at least, doesn't have, like, all the radiation stuff, though that is coming. Um, yeah, they do plan to put, they do plan to put in radiation and stuff. They they try to make the game very sim-like. Um, I guess it's better to call it, like, hardcore, but their their goal is to make it, they're, they're, or originally it started out as, as a sim, but it is less sim-like now since it gained so much popularity. What makes it less sim-like now as opposed to, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Uh, I've only been playing for like two years or so or a year and a half. So oh, I okay. kind of didn't see, I didn't see all that um, sim like stuff. I don't mm. know, Jason, if you remember any. Yeah. I mean, it has, it has gotten a lot friendlier. The, the, the stuff like the actual, I mean, you would expect that in a beta, the actual controls, but it's also gotten, uh, I don't know. They used to. There used to be a lot more jams uh, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. And you still get them, 
Uh, mm-hmm. But th- there used to be a lot more. Just it was just like a, a lot harsher. I see. Um, to be honest, the, the biggest thing that's happened in Tarkov, other than you know, like they've upgraded engines and done stuff to clean up maps and stuff like that. But the biggest thing, other than that, that they've really done for Tarkov is just the the sheer quality of life improvements they've made um, since it launched. Uh, but then their other big thing they always do is they add they add maps. Um, and to to the stalker thing, uh, this is located in Russia, the area that you're in, uh, mm-hmm. called the Norvinsk Special Economic Zone. Is that right, Stucky? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the story is that you've gone in. There's wasn't there like some sort of I don't know disaster or something like that, and so uh, that place it's been kind of cordoned off. Uh, yeah, and like. Basically, what happens is is there's two different factions in the game uh, that you can play as. There's USEC, which is just kind of like your basic contractors, uh, you know, military dudes, and then there's Bears, which are Russian agents uh, internally as well. And then there's the nebulous group of Scavs, which is just people that live there, uh, things like that. So you just kind of uh, you're kind of all just trying to survive and make money and kind of, I guess, uh, yeah, I really don't know what the end point is because like Stocky said, the story's not real. I mean, uh, it's, it seems like, it seems like the whole goal is to escape the like cordoned off area. They just haven't really yeah. explained. They haven't really explained how that's going to happen. Um, from what I've heard from more people in the know, which tends to be like streamers and stuff that, all of these quests that we're doing are considered side quests and all the, the actual like mainline story quests haven't, haven't been revealed to us. So we don't even know exactly what the main story is. We just have hints and different things, stuff like that. It, yeah, it seems almost like a, um, I don't know. I, you can kind of put it in the idea of like an Arkham city kind of a situation where it's just like a cordoned off area and there are people who are just trying to live and survive. And then there are people who are trying to get out and there are people who just want to, you know, make, make as much money or chaos as possible. That's kind of, and right. so does anybody have a, and so does anybody have a theory about that mainline story? If it's going to be more like life service model where they're just going to keep dropping story beats every so often, or is it going to be like a full-on campaign mode? I I haven't heard anything to either direction. Gotcha. They probably what don't I think know, is honestly. To, what I think is supposed to happen is you're supposed to have a character that doesn't wipe, just like a basic character that you can play with or whatever if you want. And then they're going to have like Diablo Seasons, which is kind uh, of what I think we're all taking part in now because sure. it wipes every, you know, four to six months, usually at the six month time frame. So that's what I'm thinking. And do you have any meta that survives the wipe or when it wipes, does it wipe everything? It wipes everything. Um, oh. Yeah. Which, I mean, which is good and bad. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It, like if you enjoy the loop, it's fun. But uh, if you don't, then Yeah. Like, uh, I, and I do, but it's just like every, I, I usually don't play constantly. I'll play like one wipe every year or two is the way it's been going. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, well, I mean, that's kind of the crazy thing about this game is that, you know, maybe the maybe the fact that it wipes everything every time is a good thing because unlike most games that involve loot, you can actually just lose your loot by dying in on a raid or a mission, right? Yeah, when you um, you risk the gear you go in with, um, by because like you choose what to go in with, and yeah, the when you die, other people can take your gear out of the raid with them, and they get to keep it. Uh, there is an option called insurance that if you you basically pay to have whatever you want insured, and if no one takes it out of the raid, and you'll get it back in like a, a certain amount of time, like twelve, I like see. basically like twelve to twenty four hours. Um, <laughs> where yeah, you have like different six in, uh, in they, they real lifetime, real lifetime. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which yeah, is one of my a, that's one of my big gripes about this game is the a lot of have, real lifetime um, stuff. Yeah, you have to. Um, yeah, you have a different couple of different people that you can insure stuff with as of right now, and one of them's cheaper and it just takes longer, basically. Um, so. You know, you go into a raid, you get killed. If you do it with, like, one of them, you'll get it back maybe 12 to 16 hours, and the other one will be, like, 24-plus. Jesus. Man, I want to know uh, the story behind uh, whoever they send in to retrieve all your gear. Like, poor right. little Grigori and his buddies, like, scrambling <laughs> through trying not to get shot to, like, retrieve people's gear. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Um, like usually they'll they'll send you a message saying oh hey you died you, your stuff was insured we'll send the dogs out kind of to go get them um, <laughs> I think the assumption I think the assumption is just those people who live in the area those those scav people that they're mm-hmm. just trying to make money and so that's part of the job is that they risk their lives going to get it um, <laughs> there's only one map that you, you can't technically insure stuff oh god you can Mm. you can insure things it's called labs it's like a special Mm -hmm. map that you have to like have a key card to get into Mm -hmm. um a uh, single use key card yeah single use so you have to keep purchasing it but if you do actually insure stuff and you um and you die there you'll still get the message saying oh we're sending our guys to get there and then you usually get a message back within the time frame of that like you know, 24 hours or whatever. And it, that it says, Oh, my guys yeah. couldn't even find the entrance or it'll say like, why did you send my guys there? They immediately died or whatever, because <laughs> you know, you're just, you're never getting your stuff back from there. Right. So, right. It's a waste of money, but your insurance carries over. Um, if you survive yeah. the raid, if you insure uh, your gear and you get out of the raid, that insurance maintains until right. you die with that stuff. So you might like take your in to a place like that. And you're just like, Oh, well, it's already insured. What I mean, am I supposed to do? Yeah, it's right. kind of the genius of Tarkov um, that I don't think any of the other kind of games that are trying to be like it have, have honestly really grasped fully yet is that um, there's like a real sense of, of danger and place mm-hmm. uh, in Tarkov. Uh, it's, it's pretty realistic. Graphically, it is not the, you know, the most awesome looking game, but it looks good. Yeah. And um, the sound work and just all the stuff, like all the different kind of mechanics that tie into player movement, uh, make it just kind of this this experience. And 
it's one of those things that if they didn't have the metagame, it wouldn't be as great. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't have its setting and it didn't have the actual mechanics and I mean, it's just kind of a perfect mixture of, of those things that really just really works. Like it's an, it's an MMO in a way. Sure. Um, but it's just, uh, it's the, the minute to minute gameplay of it is, is Twitch based, which is just something that's missing from most MMOs. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, well, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I just never give up on destiny is because I love the Twitch paced yeah. shooter nature of it, you know, so that I totally get that. Um, yeah. the thing that you have, I have talked about a, a couple times, uh, Jacob is that it doesn't seem like it's friendly to new players. Um, and you were hoping oh, that that's something that like maybe they can work on in the future. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be suffering from a, an active user base though. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, the, it definitely is not a friendly, it is not a friendly game to start. It's uh, God awful it, onboarding. It, it does not have any, any sort of tutorial at all. Um, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't tell you where to start. It doesn't tell you, tell you how to start. Um, like the, when you start a new wipe, you, you choose your, your faction and you can choose what your guy slightly looks like. They just have different mo- face models and stuff. And yeah. then you go into your, and that's it. You go to the main menu and you click on your, your, you know, you click on character and you, it brings you to your stash and your guy is like loaded up with a, a loadout. It has like a, a starter gun and you have a helmet and some mm-hmm. ears or you, or you don't have a helmet. I think you have like a hat on, but like it gives you this starter gear. And it's kind of, that's like it. That's the tutorial basically says, here's, we preloaded this guy for you. This is what you should use in the raid. And it's really funny when you kill someone who's using that loadout, you know it because you're, you see it and you're like, oh Oh, yeah, he should not have brought that stuff into this raid. That doesn't make any sense. Must be a new (laughs) player. Yeah. Right. Uh Um, And so I don't know if they're making a tutorial. I, I hope they do because I think that that's like a big deal. Um, but as of right now, like the only ways that you can uh, is that you can learn the game is by other people. They literally have a program that they've yeah. like, integrated into the game called a Sherpa program that you can like sign up with them and, and they'll like assign you someone to run you through raids and explain things, how, how things work and try to help you get quests done. And that's cool and all community huh. wise, but it, it doesn't yeah. feel good from a game perspective, especially if you're kind of like an introvert and you don't really want to talk to people. Yeah, it, right. it makes it, you know, and then um yeah, I, I that is super cool though. Actually, that's like a really well done program. Um, but yeah, really interesting idea. Stuff. I mean, it's the kind of thing that like more games need, and nobody ever takes the plunge into actually something being a guided experience like that. That's really rare. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I never did it. Uh, I don't even think they had it when I started. Um, you know, I learned by watching people, and that's usually what people do. To yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, There's a Um, couple of really big streamers uh, that are really good at it that are great to watch and to learn from. Uh, So that's great. But yeah, there is literally no documentation uh, at all. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's another big thing that like bugs me about this game is that you have to you basically need a second monitor to play this game because um, even though even though they have like maps quote unquote maps in the game you mm-hmm. you can't you don't have them when you start the game like you have to find them or purchase them which they're not available to purchase and, and they're pretty useless to be yeah, honest yeah they're they're 
their topic, like, um, it, you know, like there's a map where it's out in the woods. It's called woods. It's like a topographical map that you would that like somebody like a park ranger would have, you know, right. that has like that has the circles on it to explain that this is a high point. That's a low point, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. there's a, you know, the there's a there's a map called factory and it, it's literally looking at blueprints of this factory. Um, like, like, you know, the maps are different. They're not all the same and they look different for different things. Like there's one that's called, there's one that's called interchange. It's, it's at a mall. It's a map Mm -hmm. of a mall. Like, like if, like if you went into a mall and pulled one of the little paper maps out of the, (laughs) you know, out of the kiosk thing and it's, that's clever and everything. But at some point, like they don't even give you those maps to start with. They should give you the map straight up if they really wanted you to use them. Yeah, but then e- even then they don't give you a compass, so you never know which way you're facing. <laughs> and the maps, the maps don't have all the details on them, so it's a lot of like learning as you play, which is clever and all. But at some point, when when you have people who've been playing the game for three or four years, they know everything, yeah. and you know nothing. And yeah. trying to follow the way that they like, I guess, quote unquote, want you to learn everything just mm-hmm. ma- just sets you so far back and because everything is so because the game is so hardcore and, and you risk so much playing it when you play with your own equipment like it, it almost feels like a detriment to play that way yeah well so, it, it, uh, on one hand i really have to admire their commitment to the simulation right where it's like oh yeah you know you like this is the only map that would be available of a mall if you were actually here you know like you're not going to get like some detailed video game version of a map if you're walking around in this world and everything else is like them trying to be committed to their simulation so why not that but on the other hand um you know i feel like that sort of total lack of information means exactly like you said stocky like people are playing this game for uh people who've been playing it for a really long time have an enormous advantage over people that are coming into the game and that has to limit your audience in the long term which i guess is fine as long as your audience maintains certain numbers but you know i feel like there isn't just a marketing aspect marketing and business aspect to this but there's like uh you know quality of life isn't just about user interface and user experience quality of life is like actually in a game like this where other players are the content in a lot of respects if you if you have your hardcore audience that's been with you for seven eight years you know 50 percent of those people drop off and who knows at some point you hit a tipping point where everybody just drops off and you know i i think and there's one thing we have forgotten to mention uh, uh, but I, I, and I think you're right with that. I, I think what helps is that it's such a popular stream game. Sure. And people are oh, so yeah. interested in it that it keeps, you know, people will watch it a while before they'll start it. And so yeah. luckily people get an idea, but there is one more thing. Like I said, we, we have forgot to mention is that like every 20 to 30 minutes, you get to have a free character with free gear. Called oh, a Okay. Yeah, that runs around in the raid uh, after the raid has started, and after some of the your the other like they're called PMCs mm-hmm. uh, after the PMCs have died. So you're running around there, uh, just kind of looting the stuff that they didn't get to. And if you reach the exits that are set out for the scavs uh, without dying an extract, you get to keep that stuff. Oh, cool! So that's so what you guys it, are talking about when you're saying you're doing a scav run. 
100%. Yes. I you can see. totally. And it's, you know, it gets less and less useful the later you get in the game because eventually you'll get the hang of stuff and you'll, you know, doing those runs, it only gets you free equipment and it's not even a good guarantee. Whereas if you're playing your main character, you're actually getting experience and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, Okay. You know, you, you mostly want to play the PMC, but the scav is a great resource to learn. And and that's pretty right. much how I started. You know, I bought the game. You know, you go into that first raid with your PMC, you just get like annihilated. You have no idea <laughs> where from. You have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like so it, it's no kind of cam. disheartening. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I would what I would do when I first started is I'd I'd you know, get killed, that would play scav. And then if I had to go do something, just whenever I had, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of just free time, I'd do a scav run, you know, and just kind of do that throughout the day or, or yeah. whatever and watch videos and look at maps <laughs> and stuff. Uh, and eventually I got to where I could make it a little bit longer, you know, but the, the real trick to these kind of games is that you have to like learning maps and you have to like learning how stuff works uh, right. for this. You know, you, this isn't like Call of Duty or something like that. You can't just jump in and a few minutes have the button presses down and do okay. You know? Right. It's right. just like, no, there's, it takes a lot of kind of dedication to it, which is kind of my sickness with games. You know, I love Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> I love like all those like stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, games that you have to spend time learning. Uh, but yeah, that, and, and that's why I, I guess that's why I like it so much that and it's such a cool aesthetic. I've always liked the Chernobyl looking kind of things. Uh, such a fascinating kind of thing that happened in human history. So yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, clearly it's really popular in the Eastern European and Russia's Russian zeitgeist. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, and I think you know it comes out. It just it just works really well as as a game for some people. It's certainly not for everyone. Yeah, I I like the thing I like about it is that it's um, it's a game that does um, that does uh, mess with the idea of what if this game, what if a game was a little more realistic. Um, yeah. I don't want to play a simulation. You know, I know a lot of people like The Sims and everything, but I, I don't want to spend you know ten minutes running to you know a thing even though like there are some large maps to yeah off. Um, and, it's and, like you know, it's like arma except for not as big of a hard-on place <laughs> yeah comparably right and, and and i'm glad that people like to do that and play those like military sims but i like this is a, a cross between them the idea that uh you know you have different healing items that do different things is kind of clever. You know, it's not just like Mm. I have a first aid and, uh, you know, I broke my leg. So I use my first aid. It isn't like that. You know, you need a splint or you need a, a, you know, you need something that will fix that. Um, you know, so of course, you know, we all understand if you get shot by something, you're not just going to be like, Oh, let me, you know, let me wrap a bandage and start running a lot of gamification of that kind of systems that that's totally not as not as sim. But that's kind of the fun of it. I like that, um, you know, like, you know, in in Call of Duty, you just have like a, a pocket full of ammo and you can just endlessly reload and somehow the bullets get into your magazine. And mm-hmm. that's just not a thing um, in Tarkov. You know, you have to plan like 
I'm using a gun. It has a fast fire rate. You know, am I going to be running into a lot of people? How many mags do I need? You know, you have to be able, you have to plan for that. You have to plan for the reload. You know, there's no automatic reload. When you run out of bullets, you could literally forget to reload and you just, yeah, you can run out of ammo. Um, Mm. You know, so ammo and Tarkov is like a religion. It's so bizarre. (laughs) It's got, there's so many different, ammo types oh wow yeah they go they do different things uh and they're probably like i I think pestily who's a famous streamer of tarkov always says you know your your gun's only as good as the ammo it (laughs) fires because it like people are so armored um Yeah. yeah but understanding the ammo is a big deal as well because you don't need the like you don't need the highest penning like the penetrating no like so some ammo penetrates through armor better than others, but those tend sure. to do less damage, less actual, right. like what they call flesh damage with like, mm. so if you actually hit them in a, in an unarmored spot, like go art, through. Yeah. It won't do as much damage, you know? So if you know, as a, as a, like a, if you're a low level and you don't have that fancy, uh, ammo, all you need to do is shoot them in right. the legs because you can't armor your legs. So people call it leg meta. Um, you know, and that's, that's like <laughs> that's one of the reasons why, yeah. yeah, that's why one of the reasons, that's the reason why a lot of people enjoy the, the, the wipe time when they, when they kill, yeah. when they take everything away from everybody and reset is because those people who play, who've been playing for three or four years, they don't have that super great armor and super great yeah. guns and all that kind of stuff. They, so they're, it's the great equalizer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah, they it, don't gives, have a... it gives those people a chance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, another game that that reminds me of is uh, Rust, the way that Rust has their their force oh, yeah, wipes, 30 you know. Days, yeah. yeah. So that like there always is going to be a restart point. Um cuz otherwise you just end up with a situation where you've got a few people at the top that dominate everything and there's Stalemate, nothing left yeah. for anybody to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's great for that. Um cool. I mean, Tarkov is a little bit different with that just well, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like Rust, Rust and Tarkov with that whole like wiping is is definitely good for the game. Then I, I'll yeah. say the nice thing about Tarkov is even if you run into somebody who has the best gun and the best armor, if you shoot them in the face, even with the worst ammo, You're, you will yeah. kill them. So <laughs> odds right. are. The, at, least, at least there's that. That's like, that's a lot of the times that like, uh, shining moment you know when you're mm-hmm. running through a raid and all you have is this crappy shotgun that you got from your scav and you mm-hmm. run and you and you just like run into somebody who's just just has so much gear on them and you can physically see the gear on them because like uh-huh. each, you know everything is modeled oh, in yeah. and you just you shoot them a bunch and they fall over dead and you're like i don't know how i survived and you go look what he has and you're like i can't believe this person had you know three hundred thousand you know, dollars or, you know, monies of stuff <laughs> on them. And I'm running around with a, with a 20,000 kit, you know, so <laughs> right. <laughs> that's sometimes like the great highlight of it as well. That's like, I think yeah. one yeah. of the reasons why people, anything back. can happen in that game. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's no guarantees, uh, no matter how much you put into it, you know? Um, uh, so, yeah, it's it's got a sense of danger and it's got such a great sense of environment um, that you, I don't know, it'll get the heart racing. Yeah, that's a nerve wracking oh, game yeah. sometimes. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing is like for me, it sounds and like the 
when I've watched you guys play it and everything, it just seems way too stressful for me. I don't think okay. this game is ever going to be for me, but I'm glad it exists and I'm glad you guys are playing it and you enjoy it. Yeah, man. It's a uh, it's an experience, and that's what I'm always <laughs> looking for. Some sort of crazy experience. Well, right. uh, you know, with Tarkov, you found it. Um <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, Matt, what game gets your heart racing? <laughs> well, the is it, uh, is, it, is it Marvel's Midnight Suns? What? <laughs> How did you know? How, what a wow, wow. great segue. What oh my a, gosh. What a segue. Wow. Yeah. You're going to cut Perfect. that right. We can redo no, it. If no, you want. no, no. We're going straight in with that. <laughs> oh, man. Spe- speaking of midnight, uh, you know, Marvel's Midnight. <laughs> How about that? Is that a good yeah. one? No, I think they're but both. Today, straight. I was looking well, at the sun. Well, overlap. And I just was thinking, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's really bright. I was really just outside. Just like uh, Marvel's and Midnight. I decided sun. to stare at the sun. And, uh, you know, yeah. Well, just w- the- when, you're, when your eyes are cold. <laughs> the, the good thing here, your eyes no. aren't cold that's not a normal thing the good thing here jason is that now you have options for editing the show Sostaki is giving you several for like how to like really transition this segue oh, yeah. so i'm sure when yeah, you get in and do the heart in. yeah with the hardcore editing that you do on every single show you know like now you have some options <laughs> yes <definitely>. right <laughs> i'll just keep this tape for <laughs> for later so i'll just piece together stuff stocky's introducing and segue it's gonna sound it. so good i can't wait i can't wait it really is <laughs> but no so, yeah um, that game is really fucking good man like uh it's it's got to be one of my favorite games absolutely of 2022 um, sure absolutely I, I agree with that yeah, dude, I I don't know about you, Jason, but I did not expect to like that game as much as I do. Yeah, um, I was looking forward to it because I like sure. Firaxis. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I hadn't looked into any of it. I had no idea what was going to happen. Uh, oh, wow. So I was a little surprised huh. uh, when, when you make your character and then you go and then basically you, you get dumped into a Bioware uh, RPG setting. Uh, yeah, you really do. <laughs> yeah, it, you, it's like, a surprise though. You didn't you didn't like so how much of the game did you know? Did you know that it was going to be like a, you know, a tactics-based card battler? Yes. Okay. I did know that. And that's what got me excited because I like yeah. I like Firaxis and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I bet those guys have some cool things to do with a uh, card battler." Yeah, definitely. And they did, but um oh, yeah. i i did not i did not expect the character creator either like you get in there and like um you know you can you can have you know the the two typical body types um and then you know you have a lot of like face and eyebrow and eye and hairstyle options and everything so you can really customize it i thought you could only choose like you know if you wanted to be male or female and that was it but it turns out like right. you can you can really customize it a lot um you can't customize the like you don't have a class for example like you don't no. have a you can't choose what type of powers you're going to have um you are the hunter and the hunter can either go down a light path or a dark path but all of the cards for either light or dark are available to you and you can put them into any deck no matter if your dialogue choices lead you down the light path or dark path, you can still have a deck made out up of any of the cards that you want. You just have to right. unlock them and find them through gameplay. Um, which brings me to the actual deck building and card battling, uh, which is strange at first. Strange um, at first, yeah. 
uh, each character has how many is it? Nine cards? Uh, or eight. 12? They have eight cards. In eight, their deck. eight cards. So, so you can, um, they, obviously they have a lot more that you can choose from and you unlock throughout the game. But when you go into a tactics, when you go into an actual battle, the, each character has eight cards that they're bringing in. Right. And, uh, you know, there is ways. Uh, at the end of the day, you end up bringing in more cards because your items are cards and you can mm-hmm. also have uh, character combos yeah, uh, and yeah. stuff like that. But at the end, it's a, it's a three player, uh, or you control three characters, and each of them has eight cards in their deck. Those are all shuffled together. Yeah. Uh, plus, plus those combo cards are added in. Right. Uh, and you draw a hand of what, five? I want to say. You start out with like a hand of five, usually. Right. And then, of course, I don't think there's a hand limit, but it, uh, no. it goes, uh, it kind of goes up and down. But as you use the cards, they all get instantly reshuffled. Yeah. Um, so there's never a point where you have to stop and, and worry about, oh, is that card come out or not? But uh, if it's uh, if it's in your hand, you're not going to get more than you normally would have. Right. But uh, but yeah, uh, it can it can come out immediately. Uh, yeah. Card so like want. the the discard, the cards that you use go right back into the, the draw pile. Yeah. Like shuffled exactly. in. Oh, okay. yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions where there are cards that are removed from play, stuff right. like that. Uh, stuff. Yeah, they, but, they but get exhausted the as in right. the game terminology. Yeah. Well, I'm um, exhausted as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, it's easy. I get exhausted too. I'm exhausting. Hey, see, and that's why it works. That's why we work together. <laughs> we all we provide. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, and then there's also the physical movement, but mm-hmm. at first, when I first played, I thought it was going to be limiting because you only, you know, by default, you only get to move one character, uh, one turn. turn. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you don't do a lot of positioning. No, uh, very little way. Right. You have to use, but whenever you use a card, you don't have to be at a certain place for the most part. Yeah. Uh, it'll move you to that character. But where yeah, you end up makes a difference, too. Definitely. Um, and it's, it's really interesting the way that they do the arenas, because like every single battle basically takes place in a circle. And the right. circles are always the same size. Like, I bet if you took whatever random generated map that you're on and you overlaid them all over each other, they would all be the same. I don't know, you know, like 20 meters in diameter or whatever. Right. Um, They would all be the exact same size. So at first that seems like it's going to be really limiting, but then you realize that like the tactics of this game isn't like the tactics of other Firactics games like XCOM, where you're trying to move through a zone and position yourself. You're, you're trying to, you're doing what, you really have the card battler mechanic of you are on a table facing each other, so to speak. Um, but the the way that the positions, the, the way that the positioning can come in is if you're using environmental things to attack the, uh, to attack the enemy AI with. So, you know, like knocking over a lamppost or knocking somebody off a bridge or, you know, like. Uh, there are things in the there are things in the in the zone where if you're a character, uh, if you have enough of what's called heroism, which is you can think of it kind of like your mana, you play certain cards and right. you can build up your heroism. And if, and if you have heroism, 
then you can activate a throwable and throw it to somebody and throw it like pick up a pick up a boulder and throw it to th- and throw it at an enemy if that enemy is within a ra- certain radius of that throwable. So um, there there are reasons to be positioned in different spots, but it's really it's really rather minor and uh, it, it's controllable. Like there will be sometimes where an enemy is going to toss an AOE and you can see a clear indicator of where that AOE is going to affect the radius of that AOE. Um, and you need to get out of there. So you can use your one character move to move another character out of there. Or if you have like an attack card and you just play that attack card and you can see where that character is going to end up after they do their attack off an enemy. So you can just say, all right, I want to my I have like, let's say Iron Man standing in this area where there's about to be a detonation. So I play an Iron Man attack card on an enemy that's way over across the map. And there will be a little green icon that pops up that shows me where Iron Man is going to end up after he does the attack. And I'm like, okay, great. He's going to be outside the circle. So I'm going to go ahead and play that. So that's kind of the extent of movement controls that you have. You don't go in in and out of cover and you're not trying to like really flank your enemies or any kind of that. All All the tactics really come into play as to how you're going to use your heroism as a resource, your cards as a resource, and then play them against the enemies in ways that allow you to duplicate your resources, like playing a card that says quick on it so that you can kill an enemy that basically doesn't have any health. But if you KO that enemy uh, and your card has quick on it, then you get another card play because typically you can only play three cards in a turn. So you're trying to figure out how to get more of your card plays back so that you can play more cards and so right. that you can build up heroism so that you can use the environmental attacks as well as play heroic cards. And every and the thing that really startled me when playing this game is that it's like a procedural puzzle game where like every single arena is a dynamic puzzle that changes all the time. And, you know, I feel like yes. that is a really difficult thing to achieve. Like, you know, I have a random deck. I have random enemies that are placed semi-randomly and i have procedural i shouldn't say random i should say procedural and then there's like procedural environmental hazards and attacks and kinds of things that are going to be placed and you have to have those different procedural systems all working together and against each other to make every to make every possible way that this puzzle could play out dynamic and exciting and new despite it this despite the building blocks being things that you've seen literally hundreds of times before by the time you get to the end of this game and they achieve that one thing that i thought was interesting when when running through these puzzles is like if you restart a challenge they Mm -hmm. all it's like the exact same so it's exactly yeah yeah if you're not i mean if you reload or you go to a different place all of that changes but mm-hmm. if you are still the same challenge you get an idea of what everybody's going to do on the other yeah. team uh and who's going to come in and what's going to come in etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah, it is and you can plan a little bit because yeah. like your your draw order is going to be the same and right um the whether or not you succeed at knocking somebody into a pit with that particular card in your first hand, that's always going to have the same result. So they seed a random number at the beginning of the match, um, which is kind of cool because it means that you can't just game the system by reloading every time you do something to have a favorable result. Right. 
but it also means that like since you your your random number is seated at the beginning of a match if you fail at it you can go again and go huh i wonder if i can do a better job right and and i always like that kind of mechanic it lets you go back and uh and try different things yeah uh throughout the matches uh but yeah i thought that was a, a pretty cool thing uh it allows you you know to just plan um but and then on top of that like and the 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 battles are great. <clears throat> They're a lot of fun. It's a really mm-hmm. uh, slick system. Uh, mm-hmm. It just uh, it just seems to work really well because it's like I said, you, they're not large areas, uh, right? And it's it's really more like a board game than yeah. XCOM. Yeah, know, definitely. Uh, did you did you so feel dynamic. like it was? Did you feel like it was difficult? Like uh. Like you're oh, saying, yeah. it's very it's it's like very puzzle solving. But did you feel that um, like it was difficult to is it, I, was it difficult to like solve it as like a puzzle, or was it difficult to 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 beat it like tactically? Like um, you know, like did you feel? I guess the I'm not asking a good question. Did you feel like no, there's no, always no, I, a way to solve it in a certain way, or? I think I get oh, what hey, you're yeah, saying. Like I, yeah, I, I, I don't know about you, Jason, but I always felt challenged every single battle. Like I, if I knew that if I wasn't smart about the way that I was going to play things, I was either going to take a lot of damage and get heroes injured, or I was going to fail. But if I did things the right way, I could succeed really stupendously. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. <clears throat> what I screwed up when I started playing the game and kind of mm-hmm. learned as I played was pay attention to the objectives because this is a game <laughs> yeah. that's not, that's not going to stop throwing crap at you until right. you complete the objectives. You're not just going to kill all the dudes and then take your time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had a couple of really long battles that I ended up just getting worn down uh, because I really thought that I was like, oh, I'll just kill this guy. Surely there's nothing else coming. Uh, uh-huh. But it, yeah, uh, the objectives are what pretty much mark the end of a map. So yeah. it gives you the control of how quickly you want the the round to end. And, and I found myself in certain situations playing where I knew that I couldn't out health or out level my opponents, mm-hmm. but if I could outlast them, yeah, and just do exactly what I needed to do, yeah, and then make it out of there with one person alive, then I was, then <laughs> it was going to be fine. And that, and that's just how it has to be on some of those. You're fighting like these astral, you know, great gods and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, which the story goes places. Um, oh, it really goes places. Yeah, it does. it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, that's I think the biggest surprise of Midnight Suns to me was how much I enjoyed the story. And yeah, me I too. am a Marvel fan. Me Don't too. Get me wrong. I'm not saying yeah. that I'm like, oh, I hate it. You know, I like Marvel, but I also know how video games work. And <laughs> right, like most of the time. Uh, it's just such a hard medium to tell a good cohesive story with. Um, but I think their use of the weird use of like the, the third person wandering of the map and everything and all the different conversations. And like, you get to, you get to know, uh, different people that you meet by like 
watching movies with them or hanging out in the pool <laughs> or going fishing you know it's like yeah. you and you and wolverine watch like like <laughs> swimming and yep. becoming good buddies you know yeah you're going swimming with superheroes what are we paying them for they shouldn't be, swimming. <laughs> yeah, they should be fighting that's exactly yeah it's so weird uh but it's also cool it's fun uh and the writing uh is is pretty strong after the beginning i, I don't know why i thought the intro to that game was pretty weak writing yeah, wise yeah it's sort of like, yeah it feels like the beginning was the intro to a tactics game and then the rest right. of the game feels like bioware rpg writing right you know it's so bizarre how they <laughs> yeah um uh, but they uh, they do a good job with the actual dialogue with the characters and uh, it's, all it's the. It's really good, yeah. And, and it's and a I, lot more fun than I expected. That part. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's the part of the game that could have gone so so wrong because, like, yeah, you know, it's Firaxis. We knew they were going to do well with systems and tactical that kind of thing because that's their bread and butter, right? But like them doing a completely separate sto- story driven experience that's almost like. You know, you do a battle and then you come back to the Abbey and the Abbey also has these massive grounds that you can explore and find all these mysteries and solve puzzles with and, you know, do right. challenges that you unlock more of the Abbey grounds with and you discover more of the story that way as well and develop things even further. Um, and you're like, like you said, Jason, you're running around in third person in this area and you're like talking, you're talking to Blade and then you walk over and you talk to Nico and. Uh, all of that stuff could have like felt really weird or ham fisted or half baked and it's completely successful in like every yeah. way. Yeah, it's uh it's a pretty well written comic story. And I know yeah. it's it's based on a comic right. story. Uh so I mean they had something to draw from, but yeah. it it's put together really well and uh yeah. it's just kind of like it's got a lot of personality. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. That I totally didn't expect. Yep. Uh, and somehow all of the characters managed to fit their archetypes and what you feel they should as a Marvel fan, you know, like, but yeah. at the same time, it doesn't feel at all out of place that Wolverine is in my book club. And I don't know how they did that. It's pretty awesome. The book club is so good. <laughs> it is. It's, it's really so fun. freaking good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that freaking game. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to the new DLC. You know, there's actually going to be more heroes added that'll have their own story beats and different things to yeah, check I'm out. Really so looking I'm looking forward, forward to that. that. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping that they do some sort of like after action gameplay, you know, instead of it just being a pre-save before the final battle. And then you're going to play all your yeah. DLC from there. Cause that always feels weird to me when games do that. Cause it's like, Oh, we're right at the end game of this. All we have to do is launch the final mission. And instead, nah, you know, like let's we're going to hang out. Yeah, exactly. Let's just hang out. You know, we're going to add, you know, one of the, we're going to add Mr. Fantastic to this. So let's me and Mr. Fantastic yeah. hang out for six months while that final mission just like waits. <laughs> he just he just shows up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Oh, we're going to this I'm, final mission. Oh man, let's let's go swimming first. I'm trying <laughs> to decide. Oh, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Only if you try to decide. bend into a shape of a boat. Oh yeah, I can ride around the pool. I dodge, yeah, exactly. That's that's my dream. <laughs> well, in Marvel's uh, Midnight Suns, you can do it. Oh, perfect. Um, I'm downloading it. Trying now. to decide if I want to 
wait until like several characters I want to play are out, and then just like play a new game from the yeah. get, yeah, from the jump, just to you know whatever, or new game yeah. plus, new game plus. What's because, the, uh, yeah, what's the replayability for it? Like, if I know you said that there's a dark and a light, and um, it sounds like you can choose who you spend time with. Is it is it just like yes. oh, I'm going to replay it and I'm going to be a bat, I'm going to be like a, a dark kind of a character, and I'm going to hang out with and, people. Um, with New Game Plus, you have a bunch of stuff already kind of done as well when it comes to the relationship stuff. So you can keep, you know, like you're automatically keep your friendship levels and everything. So you can, you know, befriend more of the place. And befriending people gives you access to cards, you know, for them and stuff that you, you know, whatever. There's all sorts of like little minutiae that you can mess around with yeah, kind of in that. New Game Plus doesn't really hold much value for me because by the time I got done with this game, I'd spent 100 hours in it. I'd maxed out everybody's friendship level. I feel like I'd seen just about every single dialogue, choice, and story interaction between me and between each of the characters' interactions with each other that I really care to see. And it would just sure. be repeats. You know, like I don't think there's going to be anything new for me to see in a new game plus unless I wanted to see what the dialogue choices, how the dialogue choices change when I go down the dark path as opposed to the light path. And I should be clear that dark, it's more like the uh, the Mass Effect, you know, yes. Paragon rebel system. So it's not like it's not like good and evil like uh you know, uh, like it's the like Jedi cynical and like not that. cynical. Yeah, it's like cynical <laughs> like a, and not cynical. Exactly, like an yeah. anti-hero almost, like a yeah, like a, very a, much a Deadpool so. kind of a an idea. Not you know, with the, without the sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, occasionally with the sarcasm. Oh, there's which the sarcasm. Nice yeah. yeah. God, I can't <laughs> wait to play with Deadpool though. That's gonna... do, do you oh, think man, it would have been better? Be do you think it would have been better if they made it so you couldn't be friends with everybody through one playthrough? Or do you think that they understood no. that? that it's like people it, this game is already long enough it wouldn't be good to be like hey you spent 40 hours playing this game but you only got to see you can only be friends with half of them so now you got to play another 40 hours to be friends yep, with the exactly other half. exactly mm-hmm. and i think they also knew that like you had to be able to be friends with whoever you wanted and how many people you wanted because these are all much beloved marvel characters and it'd be right. like Oh man, I couldn't befriend Wolverine this time around, but I got stuck with like I don't know, fucking Spider Man, dude. This is lame, you know. Right? Like the, they they know who their audience is. Yeah, no, it's it's totally Mass Effect strategy game, except <laughs> you know, obviously not as like not as many locations, but it, yeah. it's totally in that vein, uh, personality wise. Just well, all right, man. Really surprisingly, startlingly good game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was uh, in for folks that have listened to the earlier podcast. It has. Uh, it was my number two game of the year. Uh, Elden Ring's the only thing that beat it out, and I just didn't. <laughs> I just I spent so much time in Elden Ring, I didn't think it was right for me to not, <laughs> not make it number one. As, as predictable as that is, man, that game yeah. is really good. I um, think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It turns out. <laughs> Sometimes the things win awards is just because they are actually good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, hey, I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out tonight, talking about Tarkov and uh, Midnight Suns. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. It was good know. talking to you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. it was a lot of fun. And we'll, you know, I'll love to have you guys back, of course. And, yeah. Uh, we 
will do definitely, that soon. Definitely. And I'll be back uh, probably next week, probably with some jerks that are not nearly as nice as these guys. So, but yeah. who knows? We'll see. <laughs> they could be nice. I mean, I could be. I mean, yeah. I, I could be a jerk if you want me on more. Episodes. You guys, well, you just you let guys me know. just need to be. What I'm saying is, you need to be nice to me. Uh, at, the, at the end uh-huh, of the day. Uh-huh. But, oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm well, not sure that's how it makes Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> have to get back to you on that. I'm not sure that that's doable right. in the time frame allotted. Right, right, sure. It might have to be a few more weeks, right? I, yeah. I yeah, got to get the got to get that taste out of your mouth. I understand. <laughs> um, Everybody needs a enough. break, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thanks everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a great time uh, talking. I'm Jason McMaster. This is Matt Chandranay. And Jacob Ibronio. Is that right? Exactly. Did I say it that is. right? Okay, you did, yes. Thank God. Yes. I, I worry <laughs> about that every time. Uh, but anyway, uh, I love you. I love everybody out there. Take care of yourselves. Keep safe. And we'll see you next time. Peace. With an idiot champ. I'm waved over like Red Rover to the lady and tramp. Or introduced. He's a dick like Beetlejuice. I pop my stick. But she winks and it's sick. So it chilled us in the nick. Yeah, you know I retract my Logans I ease up and I slay with slogans I joke hard and I pose like Hogan Then I grin and I take my moment I'm clearing zones like a Mindy Jones I'm from the tomb of bad perfume It's time to bring it back home I got me 545 and it's 545 Gotta get a whopper and a 40 right Yeah, you know you fucking feel me